Market View on Money FM 89.3. Today, let's talk about stable coins. And these are digital tokens, usually backed by reserves of dollars or assets from gold to other, other fiat currencies that have also seen demand and use balloon during the COVID 19 pandemic. And stable coins trying to get the best of both worlds, some of the best facets of cryptocurrencies while providing stability against some of the volatility that we see surrounding many of these digital currencies around the world. But Apparently, stablecoins are also being more widely used for crypto trading than payments, and their growing size is also grabbing the attention of financial watchdogs for potential short-term credit risks, possibly linked to those reserves and those uh, assets that back some of these stablecoins. And what should regulators watch out for and markets overall with regards to some of these possible short-term credit risks to markets? Well, today on Money FM 89.3, we're joined by Mr. Alistair Sewell and Monsoor Hussein, who are the senior directors for financial institutions at Fitch Ratings. They join us all the way from London to talk about what these short-term credit risks are and what regulators and investors should probably be aware of. Mr. Sewell, Mr. Hussain, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to see, hear from both of you and glad to hear you're both well and in good health during these times. Welcome to the show. Good morning, sirs. Good evening. Thank good morning. you. Absolutely. Well, now first off, um, either of you can really jump in here. and I'd like to under- help us understand what a stable point exactly is and how quickly this market has grown. In recent times, it's been highlighted that the broader crypto space is now a market cap of almost $3 trillion U.S. dollars. Now, are we seeing similar growth in the use and the size of the stablecoin market as well? Well, thank you. Uh, for having us, and stablecoins basically are comprised of digital units of value that lunch minimize fluctuations in their price against usually a reference currency or a basket of currencies. So they tend to do this by being backed by reserve of real assets or by using algorithms that respond automatically to market movements to issue or redeem this digital units against the reference currency. And as you've alluded to, I mean, the growth in this market has been really spectacular this year. Um, just to give you a rough idea, the aggregated market cap of the top stablecoin issuers is just over $131 billion. And most of the growth has occurred this year, tracking a similar growth trajectory as for other crypto assets, which isn't surprising since, as you've mentioned, a lot of these stablecoins are often used by traders in crypto assets to park the games um, on the platform, the trading platform. Tether is the most significant stablecoin out there with a market cap of just over, or just under $70 billion, just over half of the total market cap of all stablecoin issuers, followed by USD coin at $32.5 billion. All right. So help us understand, how does a stablecoin use instruments like, say, commercial paper or precious metals or even fiat currencies to help back it up and, and thus making it, uh, thus earning that, that part of their name that's called stable? Well, perhaps I'll take this one. So the reserve portfolio is the, the portion of, of assets which is against the stable coin to ensure that it has that stable value typically of, of one. Um, now, there have been questions asked already about whether some stable coins have full reserves against uh, the, the tokens which have been issued. So that's question number one. And then question number two is the exact stability of the underlying portfolio. And when we look at those portfolios, we see that there is a wide variation in the reporting of the assets which are backing these, uh, these stable coins. And then where reportings are available, where information is available on the portfolio of the reserve portfolio, then there are questions about the, the type of assets which are held. So to be quite specific on that, uh, Tether, which is attracting a lot of media attention at the moment, 
uh, has a quarterly reporting on its portfolio holdings. So that is a low frequency of reporting of the reserve portfolio. And then the constituent parts of the reserve portfolio can really be quite varied, um, including such things as precious metals, uh, but also, and this is really important for our analysis, um, having potentially quite a large share of commercial paper and potentially uh, commercial paper from tier two issuers. Mm-hmm. So um, if we see growing investments uh, um, into these commercial papers, for instance, in precious metals, to try to find a way to back up these stable coins, what kind of contagion risks might these actually pose? Let me, let me go fast on that one, and I'm sure Monster will have something to add. The, the key issue is that the commercial paper market was historically dominated by financial, traditional financial institutions like banks, um, but also corporates and, and other investors like money market funds. So what we're seeing here is as the stable coins grow, and Monsor alluded to some, some really quite dramatic growth rates in the size of some of the stable coins, as they grow and as they grow rapidly, they acquire more and more uh, securities which are traditionally held by other investor groups. So what this means is, number one, you have a new player on the street. You have a new actor in the short-term market for which the behavior might be quite different from the behavior of established participants in this market. And number two, if there is some sudden event, maybe a regulatory change or some other uh, development, which forced the stablecoin to liquidate significant volumes of uh, commercial paper at a potentially difficult time for markets, then that could trigger contagion effects and certainly uh, or, or contribute to increased pressure uh, in, a, in a market situation. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the spillover risk there is, is that the, the, the new investor in the market could, could behave in unexpected ways. Would this potentially have any broader global contagion risks attached to it if left unchecked, or can it really be contained to short-term credit markets per se? The immediate effect would be on the short-term credit markets, on the markets where the, these coins have most exposure at the moment. So commercial paper stands out as the key market for now. But I think as we see the sector develop, um, the potential for contagion to other sectors increases. Uh, right, Monsoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that um, so far, stablecoin issuers have mostly been uh, relatively small uh, concerns have issued privately. But um, I guess from many authorities, um, what they potentially fear is the entry of global technology firms, so-called big techs, which, thanks to their global footprint, were they to issue stablecoins, um, those uh, coins could very quickly become systemically important. Um, and ultimately, um, regulators want to ensure that, for instance, if there was uh, the likes of Facebook issuing a stablecoin, and you may recall a while back they, they did announce that they are looking at issuing so-called DM stablecoins, the view is that with their 2 billion installed users, um, that could rapidly become highly systemic, which if it were to be used as a, as a means of payment or as a store of value, then that could result in perhaps you know a trillion dollar market cap stablecoin, which will then um, need to have significant investments, uh, likely to be short-term government paper and cash. And the fear is that if a redemption event were to occur on that stable, a very systemic stablecoin, at the same time there were um, significant market movements elsewhere, uh, then that could result in a significant contagion effect that could then impact significant, uh, significantly in the securities market. So 
it's that potential fear from a systemic stablecoin issuer right. uh, leads to a massive event that is, I think, of, of paramount. Okay. So, Munzer, just very quickly, and maybe I should let you have the final word here. Um, I, the question is, what role might regulators play in helping tamp down some of these potential risks? Sure. So I think one of the key issues um, currently being grappled by regulators is just what exactly is a stablecoin and what is it characterized as, and therefore how should one regulate it? And if, at least if looking at the at Singapore, the, the MAS, has issued a consultation back in December 2019, trying to exactly figure out how should stablecoins be regulated and how should they be characterised that. And that question still remains open. So the MAS haven't come back uh, from the consultation with responses yet, although we expect the MAS to issue um, the response to the consultation fairly soon. Elsewhere, um, authorities in the US and the EU have considered recognising stablecoin issuers as a type of bank and so regulating them um, as banks, they'll have to hold capital as buffers. They'll be subject to much stricter uh, governance, risk management and disclosure requirements. And most importantly, they have to hold reserve assets in very low risk instruments, um, essentially short dated government or central bank instruments, if not solely in cash in traditional uh, public money. So that's one point to as banks. I think Alistair probably have a different point of view from myself. Yeah, absolutely. We we at Fitch, uh, we're we're busily assessing where the regulators may end up in terms of the regulation of, of money market funds and banks is is one area where they may be regulated, or alternatively, they may be uh, regulated as financial market infrastructure companies. And the the distinction is important because. It speaks to the way that they may be regulated, the type of oversight that they may have, um, and, and the, the, the level of um, transparency, disclosure and, and, um, on their reserves and the amount of capital they may need to hold. So it remains a very open and very fluid question um, at the moment. Alistair Sewell, Mansour Hussein, Senior Directors for Financial Institutions at Fitch Ratings, thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to talk about the potential risks and inst- potential instabilities coming from stablecoin use. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe out there in London. Thank you. Goodbye. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.